Well, praise ye the Lord, all you people. What a wonderful God we have and how he's blessing us. He's just pouring it out abundantly. We're not going to read no scriptures this morning until we get a little further along. But we're going to title this Continuous Revival. It is God's plan for the church to have a continuous revival. It is never God's plan for Christians to go through dry seasons. You're not to go through dry seasons. You'll go through revelation season. The Bible said to get in your closet. That means your secret place. We're going to start having some prayer. But the most thing about prayer is to get in your secret place, just you and God. That's where revelation comes. If you want a revelation from God, a new zeal and excitement from God, get in your closet, in your secret place with God, I guarantee you, you'll get a new revelation. We're going to look and expect and live for a continuous revival. The book of Acts covers 30 years from Acts 1 to Acts 28. It opens up with revival. It closes with revival. Brother Ken mentioned in the Sunday school class this morning, if God would do that for Daniel, why he won't do that for us? Can you say amen? We are going to have a continuous revival. It's God's plan for you to stay revived and no more dry seasons. Because out of your most inner beings comes rivers of living waters. A guy told me the other day, he said, the water goes where it wants to. I want you to know we're having the floods on one side of this nation. We're having fire on the other side. But we're going to have it in the middle, flood and fire coming down from the throne of God. That's his plan. That's his will for his people to have a continuous revival. Flooding coming out of your life. Amen. China has 60 million Pentecostal people. They're adding 2,000 plus per day. They say the reason they believe that God is recognizing them so much, the number one is prayer. Number one is humility, like Jesus walked in humility. When we walk in humility and walk in prayer, God will hear our prayers. Amen. I'm going to mention about Daniel this morning, not because it was in our Sunday school. I carry a little notebook with me and I carry a pad with me. Sometimes God gives me messages I ain't never preached. He gives you things away ahead of time. Brother Yoakum used to tell us, if God gives you a message, don't worry about it. If you don't get to preach it, because it'll keep. If it's from God, it'll keep. It's not going to spoil. So God wants us to have a continuous revival in your personal life and, and in the church. If they're having it in China, why can't we have it here? The key is prayer. Praying. In South Korea, when the, they start having a few riots and uprising, the city officials call Dr. Cho and calls the other churches there, and they start praying. At any given time, they have one million people calling on God to put down the uprising. And it won't be but a little while that thing is put down. How many know it doesn't matter? How great sin is, 
God is much more greater in grace than sin is. That's what we need is the grace of God. You need to not worry about the things of this world. You got the grace of God. You got the favor of God is stronger than all the powers of the darkness of this world. God is stronger. Last Sunday morning, some came down here and got a prayer handkerchief, had one of the little ones and a little, one of the big ones, and, and carried it to a person, a young person that was in the Tyler Hospital. They was planning, she'd had an open heart surgery, two valves replaced, she wouldn't wake up. They said, we're going to have to put her in a long-time care center. That's where we're going to have to put her. They gave that handkerchief to those people and told them to lay it on that child's head and they said, well, we never heard of that before. Been in the church all my life. I've never heard of laying a handkerchief on people and being healed. How I many know that's in your Bible? These people gave it to the husband. He carried it down there, and he laid one on her head and one under her head. I want you to remember she had never woke up. She can't breathe on her own. She's on a breathing machine. That morning, she was breathing 70% on her own. That afternoon, she's breathing 100% on your own. I want you to know, make your prayer request known to God. Believe there's a miracle in your house. Don't believe there's a miracle coming down the road. Believe there's a miracle in your house. If Jesus is in your house, in your heart, in your soul, there's a miracle right inside there waiting to be produced in the kingdom of God. A continuous revival. If Acts had 30 years, how many believe we can have 30 years? How many believe you can have 30 years of revival? Well, Brother Billy, I'm just telling you what some people tell me. You can't in this kind of world we're in now. You can't have joy. What's happened to God? Where is God? Is he dead? I tell you, he's not dead. He's in here. You know how now we're going to have a good service every time we come to church? I'm going to bring him. Amen? I'm not coming to be filled with him. I'm coming to release what I got. We need to release what we got. If you don't have a good filling of the Holy Ghost, we need to get you full. Till a river starts coming out of your soul. Till there's joy unspeakable and full of glory just flowing out of you. Jesus prayed the last prayer he prayed in St. John 17. He said this, Father, I gave them the glory that you gave me before the world began. And then a few verses down, he said, I want the world to see your glory. You know what God wants to see is the glory he has presented in you and I that we can release it to the world. The situation we're in right now, we could have the greatest revival this world's ever seen. Sister Sue, I don't know how many requests. I believe it was that your voice this morning. Four or five requests. How many know that this community and some of us needs a revival in our soul. Needed a revival and revive us, glory to God, so the glory can be released to the world. They need to see the glory of God. The glory of God. And it comes by what? Prayer. Has to pray. To pray. Acts 4.34 said, Neither was there any among them the Acts church had revival Jesus sent them out two by two and they came back and they were rejoicing 
said the demons are subject to us. The sick is subject to us. We heal the sick. We cast out demons. Jesus said, don't rejoice that your demons are subject to you. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. Could I have an amen that your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life and you rejoicing over that? Praise God. He gave you power over scorpions and serpents. Scorpions mean stinging things. Stinging spirits, stinging attitude, things that gets inside of you don't need there. He gives you authority and the power to cast it out. Amen? So you can have a revival in your life, a continuous revival. No more dry season. Praise God. You said, Brother Billy, what are you going to do if you have a dry season? I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to weep before God until the flood comes again. Huh? We're not going to have no dry season. We're going to have revival. Acts 12 and 5, and Peter therefore was kept in prison, and prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. They prayed without what? Ceasing. Let, let me just shift gears a little. Abraham saw three men coming. Two of them was angels, and one of them was Jesus Christ manifested in the flesh. You said, how do you know he was before the beginning? Because he said, I was before the beginning of the world. Right, Brother James? You read the book of Proverbs. He said, God fashioned me before the world ever began, before he ever fashioned the world. He fashioned me. So he goes down. He tells the angels to go down to God and Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham ran and killed the fatted calf. And then, Brother, hallelujah. Then here, I'm going to just sit down. Okay. The Bible says they sat down. Abraham, you come tonight, you don't have to stand up. We got, you, you, how many know you can reach God just as easy as sitting down? You can reach God just as easy as laying down. And they sat down. And they began to eat the fatted calf. Oh, glory to God, y'all going to have to bear with me. I'm so excited about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's doing and what he's going to do. Amen. Some people tell you what he has done, but I want to tell you what he's going to do. Amen. I'm going to tell you what he's doing today. Amen. And they sat down there and talked to one another. And the Lord said, I'm going to tell my friend Abraham about what I am going to do said he's my friend he's a friend of God you know Jesus don't call you servant you may call you a servant and that's another thing in China they operate under all the five gifts of the spirit apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher but they do not call none of them by name they do not they, they put no labels on nobody they believe we're all equal we're all the same we got to recognize one another you may have be apostle but we're not going to accelerate your position as apostle because Christ is in you the hope of glory and without Christ being in us we don't have anything but with Christ in us, we have everything. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a guy who came to the old church one time. He said, I've been in the best alcoholic rehabs in the world. I've been in the four of them. And I come out just like I went in. I come out alcoholic just like I went in one. But said I was riding down the road one day with my field sitting in my seat. I pushed it aside and said, Jesus, come down and talk to me. I got to have some help. How many of you got to have some help? Anybody burdened, heavy laden, come unto God, and God will give you rest. You're not going to find no rest in the world or anything is published by the world. The rest comes from God. And he said, as I prayed, the Lord told me what to do. He came to church down there, went to the altar, and the Lord delivered him. He preached his funeral many years ago, and he was still delivered. That's what God can do. That's what a revival can do. That's what revival wants to do in our heart. So Abraham, if you come tonight, you don't have to get down and on your knees and pray. That's all right, but you can just sit down. You can just sit down. Brother James, didn't they just sit down? The Bible said, and they ate the fatted calf, and they just talked. They communed. They just sat there and they communed one another. 
And the Lord said, Abraham, you're my friend. You're my friend, and I, I won't hold any good thing from you. Jesus said, you're not my servant. You're my friend. A friend won't hold any good thing. Most of us men got how many friends? None. None. You know why us men don't have no friends? Because we don't share our feelings, amen? We just strong, and we bottle them up until they just eat us up. But a woman, she'll get with another woman, and I'll tell you, she'll know everything about them. She'll know how many kids they got. She'll know all of this. She'll know all that because they're friends. Is that right? They share their feelings. They share one another. Abraham and I, if glory to God, slow down. And Abraham and God was talking. And God said, Abraham, you're my friend. said, I come to tell you something. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, you are? He said, yes, I am. He said, what if there's 50 down there? Oh, glory to God. They're still sitting there talking, amen? How many know you can talk to God? How many know you can talk to God? How many, Brother James McCaffrey retired at 65. He died in his 90s. He said, I learned more after I was 65 about God than I did in all the 65 prior to that. Come on now. Because you old, you don't need to stop learning. Hallelujah. Tony Barnett is about my age. I read the other day where he said, I have seen more miracles in the last four years and I had all the years of my life. Oh, glory to God. How I many know that God wants you to have a miracle in your life today? He don't want you to go home the same way you came. They just kept right on talking, communing, having fellowship with one another. And they'd stop every once in a while and eat a bite of the fatted calf, amen? He, he had the best. He, he gave him the best. I mean, glory to God. God will give you the best. God not giving you a piece of fat. He's giving you the best piece of the lamb that you can have in the kingdom of God. You're not having your own leftovers. Some people won't eat leftovers. Peggy and I, well, I don't think we'd survive if it wasn't for leftovers. We probably, she said we're probably going to have some lunch today. We had them twice yesterday. We're probably going to have them again. I don't know for sure. But I know I'm glad any time I can get something to eat. They just kept right on talking, communing, and having fellowship with one another. And this, Abraham said, what if there's 45? How many of you know we quit too soon? Hmm? If it's not a microwave, we don't want it. It takes a crock pot all day to do something. Is that right? You put that meat in that pot. Sometimes Peggy put it in there and put all them vegetables in there and turn that pot on. It takes it, I don't know, 10 or 12 hours. Mm. Ooh, that stuff is good. Getting hungry right now. My goodness, church, we got a God. We got a God. He's not on no journey. He's here in this house today. He's in your life. He's in your heart every day. He's alive. And they kept right on talking. And finally, Abraham said, well, I believe there's 10 down there. I believe there's 10 down there. And he said, God, what if there's 10? He said, if there's 10, I'll spare it. What I want you to notice, Abraham had a covenant with God. How many know you got a covenant with God? You're in covenant with God. You had a covenant with God. And God said, if there's 10 down there, God hears your prayers and answers your prayers. If it had not been for Abraham's prayer, Lot and his two daughters would have never escaped Solomon and Gomorrah. It was his prayers. It's your prayers that has wonderful, dynamic things effect on God. When you pray. James 5.16 said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
prayer of a righteous man or woman has much power. Much power when they pray. Acts 5.16 A multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem bringing the sick people and those that were tormented by unclean spirits and Jesus, I mean disciples healed them all. How many believe it's God's plan for anybody who comes in this church and comes in this church sick? It's God's plan to heal them. Why would he heal them there? Heal all of them there and not heal them here. Huh? Is he a respected person? He don't like us because we're living in 2021. He don't like us because we're wearing nice clothes and wearing nice automobiles. You ought to just go out there on that parking lot and look and see how God has blessed you for his automobiles. Amen? God has blessed you. He's not against us. God is for us. He wants you blessed. When you come to church, anybody come to this church lost and undone without God ought to feel the presence of God and be converted and changed to God. That's God's plan. They cannot sit in the seat of the congregation of the righteous without being converted. That's the power of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. They had 30 years of revival of the power of God. Peter Bismarck went in Zimbabwe to a place that was going to preach on a Sunday. He got down there on a Friday, and they was making plans for the service, and all of a sudden he was hearing this noise. He asked the one that gathered there, said, what is all that noise I'm hearing? He said, that's these 12 tribes or 10 tribes coming together, and they're starting to pray on Friday night. They pray all Friday night. They pray all Saturday. They pray all Saturday night. And they stop on Sunday morning in time to go to 10 o'clock meeting. And we wonder why they're having such great success. Glory to God. When Abraham quit asking, God quit giving. When there's prayer slowed down, the blessing slows down. When prayer is little, the blessings are little. Here was two friends talking. One had all the power, and all the other one had to do was to do what? Ask when he quit asking. When he quit asking. When I got into church, when we first thing, when we come through those doors down there in high school land, Sister Linda, you probably remember, the first thing you did, you went to the prayer room. There were Sunday school rooms, and you went to the prayer room. And you prayed until the church started. It was no gathering around and doing small talk and that kind of stuff. You entered into the prayer room. And there you began to pray and to seek God for the wonderful things that he's doing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Cornelius was a devout man. Acts 10. He feared God with all of his house, but he wasn't a Christian. He hadn't been born again of the Spirit and the water. Praise God. He gave much alms. In other words, he was a great money giver, helping the people. And he prayed to God always. Brother Ken touched on that this morning. Most Christians don't believe you can pray always. 
They don't believe you can pray continuously. They believe you can pray a little bit, and the rest of the day your mind is tormented. That's not what it's supposed to be like. You're supposed to have the mind of Christ. How many of you know you're supposed to have the mind of Christ? Christ is to live inside of us. And here, Cornelius prayed always, always giving much alms, always being giving. He was a giver. He helped the people. He, he was just giving. And one day, angels showed up. You know what prayer does? Malachi 3, as we shared not too long ago, when you give your tithes, what happened? Heavens opens up. The gates of heaven floods you and gets you blessings that you're not able to receive. Or Robert said them blessings sometimes is not money. It's concept. It's an idea. Giving you, well, we want money, but you take a money and you can make a million dollars. Amen. He gives you concept. What he gave, he didn't give Cornelius money because he was a tither. He gave him a concept. He sent an angel down. I believe God wants angels to appear to you and I today. I believe it's wrong, something wrong in my life if I can't see angels. I believe there's something wrong in Christians' life if they don't have angels visiting them and the goodness and the blessings of God. Down at the old church one time, this lady walked over to me and said, you see that all, all that front down there? She said, something's on fire down there. She said, it's all, this, all that front's full of smoke around that altar. I said, I don't see it. She said, well, I see it. It's smoke down there. I want you to know when Solomon got through praying and talking to God, the smoke filled the temple so strong that they couldn't go in there, meaning the presence of God. God wants us blessed beyond what we can imagine. It was Cornelius' continually prayer and giving that God sent an angel down. Continue to pray. The Bible said don't give him no rest. Isaiah said don't give God no what? Rest. It also said command his, his hand. First message I ever heard preached on that was John Oldstein in Houston at a conference one time. Bought the tape. Command me. The word command is more powerful than the word asking. When you command God to give you what you need. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many know you, you have the ability to break world records? There's a young black girl. I don't know how old she was. She just a, wasn't very old. The other day they featured her. She's the first black person to ever win the world Spelling contest. She's the very first black girl. How I many know every day is a day for miraculous miracle? Every moment in your life is a time for miraculous miracle. Well, Brother Billy, it ain't never been done before, but it's time for it to start being, amen? It's never happened before, but it's time for it to start happening in the body of Christ. Miracles and signs and wonders taking place in the body of Christ. She practiced seven and a half hours every day spelling. Now, do you think she had a big accomplishment? No, you don't, because you wouldn't do that, see? We want the presence of God. We want the glory of God. But it's going to cost something for us to do it. And the cost is prayer. The little old book, uh, Pam Clayton, I don't know whether she's got that book or not, but it's called by A.A. A. Allen. 
the price. He had a tremendous healing ministry. He said you don't get anything from God without a cost. It's going to cost you something. Catherine Kuhlman said it's going to cost you everything in this life, fleshly wise concerned, to get the presence of God and keep it. The presence of God. She broke the world's record. This blind girl, she's a teenager. She's already broken all the American swimming records in America. Blind. She says, I'm going to the Olympics. I am going to win the gold. Hello? No person never rises above their confession of faith, and no person never rises above their vision. That's why the Bible said in the back of make your vision and make it large. She says, I'm going to get the gold. God noticed Moses was having some trouble in his management field. And so he sent Jephro, his father-in-law, to him. And he went over and talked to him and said, uh, Moses, you're doing wrong. You're wearing the people. You're wearing them out. But don't let the little things stop you for becoming what God has created you to be. And that's something great. God has created every person to be something great. So Moses had to start dividing up his authority. He put five and ten. You remember reading that, Brother James? He divided up the authority. His authority didn't have ten, didn't have a hundred, didn't have fifty, where he could have time to do something else. It's not big things that stops us from receiving the blessings of God. And when I mean the blessing, I'm talking about the fullness where rivers of living water flowing out of our life. It's not big thing. Most of us are not going to commit adultery. We're not going to lie. And we're not going to shield. And we're not going to steal. My daddy used to teach us four boys. Look at us. Said, I'd rather you just spit in my face and tell me a lie. Don't you never lie to me. I guarantee you, we didn't lie. We might have done some other things, but we didn't lie. <laughs> you know, because he'd catch you, you know. The blessings of God is ready for us. Some people said, I'm waiting on God. You never wait on God. I, I'm, I'm, you, you don't find that in the scripture. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Sometimes you have to go through some things before he'll give it to you. So the blessings of God. And what Moses learned from his father-in-law, he had to divide up the authority. Now let's go back. Most of us are not going to commit adultery and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to steal, rob. But you know, you can steal with your pen. You can steal on your income tax. You know, you, you can do a lot of things stealing, but it's the little fox that keeps us. It's the little things that we don't pay much attention to stops us from having a continuous revival in our lives. You ought to say with me, I'm going to have a revival of the rest of the days of my life. Don't be like some people say, well, you don't know that. Pastor asked a lady one time in the church, said, how do you know it? She said, I know it in my knower. How many of you got a knower in here? Christ Jesus. Amen. What did Abraham say when God told him to take your son and your only son and take him up to the mountain and sacrifice to him? 
when he got to the mountain. He didn't even know where the mountain was. He traveled three days waiting on God to tell him which mountain. He had the fire, and uh, Isaac had the wood. What did he tell his three, his men? What did he tell them? Somebody help me out. Do what? Do what? No, James, you, you must have read that wrong. Sister Ruth read, read a scripture in the Bible this morning. She said it had never been in there before. They just put it in there recently. They just put it in there recently. She said, I know. I know it wasn't in there before because I read it through that Bible. I don't know how many times and it wasn't in there, but they put, it, they put a new one in there. That's the way it is. You read the Word of God. You say, well, I got it. You ain't got it. You can keep reading and keep reading and still won't get it. His ways are past finding out. Abraham said, the boy, they said, Who, where's the sacrifice? He said, the boy and I are going up and worship God, and we're going to do what? How would he say that when God had done told him, I'm going to have you to kill your boy? It was a confession of faith. No wonder he was called the father of faith. He confessed his faith. He believed that that knife went into that boy. God would raise him up because he believed the promise that if God had given him, the world is going to be blessed because of your seed. Hallelujah. How many you know that you're blessed because of Christ Jesus' seed that's inside you? You don't need to look for another one. You don't need to go here or there. Oh, glory to God. The seed is in you. He knew if he killed that boy and God didn't raise him up, the seed would die. And God would be a liar. And God not no liar. No wonder God blessed him so much. I'm not copying the Sunday school lesson, but I carry a little pad in my pocket and I carry a little thing. Sometimes give me a thought. At night he give me a thought. I get up and I go there. I write it down. I wrote this down a long time ago. But anyhow, it was in our Sunday school class. The Bible in Daniel 6 said, He was preferred above all the presidents and the princes because he had an excellent spirit. And the Bible said he prayed three times a day. He got out on his knees three times a day and prayed. And the Bible said, and I didn't, Sister Ruth, I'm like you. I didn't notice this not too long ago. The Bible didn't say Abraham, uh, Daniel opened his window. It didn't say that. Right? What did it say, Linda? You ought to say that out loud. He did not open the window. The window, Sister Linda right, the window was, he kept the window open, meaning he kept a line of contact with God. When, he, when we moved out to Bluff, Peggy and I got married, we was on an eight-party line. Amen. Can you imagine that, a telephone? Eight-party line. What would you do with that today? Amen. But he had that window open all the time because he knew three times a day he had contact with God. He was looking toward Jerusalem, and he had contact with God, and he prayed continually. He prayed continually. I want you to notice this, this heathen king. He was an idol worshiper. When they're going to throw him in the lion's den, the king said, now Daniel, the God that you do what? <laughs> what did he say, Sister Linda? The God that you serve continually will deliver you. Praise God. 
Praise God. Because he was continually a man seeking God. Had a line open all the time toward God. I want you to notice the faith that this wicked king had in the God that Daniel served. He had more faith in Daniel's God than a lot of people have the faith in their own God. Ken mentioned about how Daniel slept that night on them lines and the Purian just sort of played music to him. But the king didn't get no sleep. Anybody in here don't get no sleep? Listen, you ought to be able to lay down at night in peace. In peace. But the king didn't get no sleep. I walked the floor all night long. Hmm. Old song back, I don't know when it was written, probably in the 30s. I walked the floor over you all night. I couldn't sleep a wink. That is true. I was a kid. I don't wonder why he was walking the floor all night. I didn't wonder about that. But the king was walking the floor all night. He couldn't sleep. But Daniel was sound asleep. I'm showing us tonight that the Bible does what prayer will do. Prayer moves the hand of God that moves in your favor. And the king come running down there. Daniel! Oh, Daniel! Was the God whom you serve continually able to deliver you? And Daniel said, King, oh king, may you live forever. God sent his lion angel and closed the mouth of the lion. How many can see what continuous prayer, continue calling on God, praying day and night? We're going to have a continuous revival. There's a continuous revival going to take place. It's already started. The last week we baptized what? Five. God wants a continuous revival to happen in our lives. He wants the good things of God to be in our lives. <laughs> Glory to God. Genesis 8 and 22. It says, While the earth remain, seed time and harvest time. We enjoy the fruit from the land because there's seed time and there's a harvest time. The Bible is spiritual. It's written by spiritual men as God moved upon them. Seed time. Are you sowing any good seed of the Word of God in your heart? The servant came and told the man that sowed the good seed said the tares come up. He said, what's going on? He said, I sowed good seed. The enemy sowed the tares. You're not going to be able to live in this world without having tares coming next to you and trying to grow up. If you're praying to remove them, you're praying in vain. You're frustrating God. It'd be easier to teach a pig to sing than to do that because you're going to have it. But the Bible said, you enter into the strong man's house and you bind him and you take his goods. The strong man is the devil. 
We have the authority, the power of God has given us to bind the strong man and take away the souls that he has bound. God wants the church to bind the strong man of that house and takes what he's holding on to. And he's not going to give it up easily. But thank God we have the power to do it. We have the power to do it. Now Jesus learned obedience through the things what he what? Suffered. No man is above his master. You cannot live in this world without suffering some things. It's impossible. But as the Bible said, in that suffering, he grew in favor with God and favor with men. So in the midst of our suffering, we can still grow. Have favor with God and have favor with men. The wonderful blessings of God. But we got to sow the seed. Without a seed being sown, there is no harvest. I was raised on a farm and long about the time now be pea picking time. The corn is turning yellow. We had another field. We'd go and plant beans, fall beans for the cannon plant. There used to be a cannon plant right here in town in Atlanta. Anybody remember where that was? Cannon plant. We'd all fall beans down there. But we had to sow the beans when? In the fall to get what? To get beans. If you're going to have a harvest, you're going to have to sow some prayer. Sow some good seed. There'll be tears come up about it. And Jesus said, don't, oh, glory to God. Don't spend your time frustrated with the tares that's growing up with your wheat. Take care of the wheat. He said, leave the tares alone. I'll take care of that when I come. So don't be frustrated. It's like the Moses' father-in-law. So don't let the little things stop you from becoming great what God has planned for your life. So God has a plan for our life. And I tell you, it's greatness. It's great things that he has planned for our life. Second Chronicles 15 and 15 says, They sought God with their whole heart. They sought him with their whole heart. Second Chronicles 26 and 5 said, In the days of Zechariah, who had understanding and visions of God, as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, anybody want to say, don't want to know the rest of it? Everything he touched prospered because he sought God in the days of Zechariah, the high priest, with his whole heart. And everything he touched did what? Prospered. It's a shame that Uzziah's life wound up like it did. Well, Acts 28, it ends in revival in verse 8 and 9. Acts 13 and 2 said, As they ministered unto the Lord, fasting and praying, the Holy Ghost showed up. How many wants the Holy Ghost show up in your life? 
You want revelation to show up. It's going to take fasting and praying. And he will show up. We're going to see it right here. We're seeing and feeling him this morning. The wonderful blessings of God. They had 30 years of continuous revival. A sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind came. How many know the wind is powerful? Powerful. It can lift an 18-wheeler up. And that 18-wheeler probably weighs 80,000 pounds. That's usually what they care. 80,000 pounds. Brother Kelly, is that about what y'all carried? 80,000 pounds. You see it on the film sometimes when a wind does what? What does the wind do? Oh, it picks that thing up and shakes it just like it's a rag doll. I'm telling you, the Bible said in Acts 4, and when they prayed, the place was shaken. When we pray from now, we're going to see this place shaken. When you get in your closet, because the wind is so strong, they showed a woman the other day was in the house, and this wind just annihilated that house. And she was in the bathtub. And the wind sucked her out of that bathtub and dropped her right out in the yard. I want you to know the Holy Ghost is powerful. It is the most powerful thing that God has given us. And the way we activate these things and get them activated in our lives is prayer. If you have a need for prayer this morning, or special prayer, we'd like to pray with you. We want to see a miracle in your life. See the blessings of God. Expect to receive something. Amen? Praise God. I'm glad Peggy's doing a little better on her coughing and all that, but she is healed. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what this looks like and what this feels like. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have to have Abraham's faith. We're going to go and we're going to do what? We're going to come back because he had faith in God. God bless you. If you, anybody needs prayer, you come. We're going to pray over you. We're going to see a miracle happen in your life. We're going to see a miracle happen in your life this morning. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.